Hello, dancers. Today we have Charzad on the podcast once again, and this time we're talking about Tarab. Each of our podcasts in the bundle series builds off the challenge and gives you some small bite-sized bits of knowledge, some ideas on how to practice around the topic at hand, and, of course, give you a little more insight into what's included in this year's bundle, which is on sale right now. The bundle this year is on sale until the 28th of October, then it's gone forever. So be sure to check out thebellydancebundle.com to see all of our amazing classes included in this year's package. Now, I have some questions to clear up around Tarab. Hello, dancers, and welcome to Yala Rocks, the belly dance podcast that helps you design your personal practice. Today, we're here with Sharzad. Sharzad is back on the podcast and for another year of the Belly Dance Bundle. We're so excited to have you back. I'm so excited to be back. So this year, your contribution to the bundle is a Tarab choreography course. Um, can you tell us a little bit about Tarab for those dancers who may be listening who don't know what it is? Okay, so this is a term that you might start to hear when you get more into, uh, I don't know, intermediate advanced classes. You definitely start to hear this term if you start studying Egyptian styles of belly dance and general Middle Eastern styles. Um, This term has two specific meanings, and I learned that when I came to the Middle East. The main meaning is the concept of tarab, which is a form of, it's kind of like reaching a heightened emotional state or a state of ecstasy through enjoyment of art. Uh, And most commonly this is associated with uh, music and dance. And you see this tradition coming out of a lot of older trance traditions in the Middle East. Um, But as far as the belly dance world goes, if you're in the Middle East and you're talking to dancers or you're talking to musicians, tarab is also a very specific category of music. So they consider some of the older, very classic artists of Egypt and the Arab world, like Um Kalsum and Abdel Halim Hafez, to be in this category of tarab artists and that's one thing that gets a little bit confused sometimes is people think maybe the term applies generally to this feeling you get but in the middle east it's really connected with a specific genre of music and musicians or i should say singers and composers and did that genre of music come in you may not know um did it come before or after Um Kalsum? Like, was this, was this a, has this always been a genre of music in the Middle East? Or is it something that has developed as people realize that this music tends to evoke Tarab? This, I would say it's around the time of Um Kalsum, but maybe a little earlier because some of the first artists that were considered to be in this genre were a little bit contemporary of Um Kalsum and maybe even a little bit before, but it really, as far as the category of music that people call Tarab, this really developed in maybe the 40s, 30s, 40s, 50s, um, when we had this 
switch in oriental music from the very traditional takht sharti which is like the traditional small band that we used to see into this more orchestra set up and more of a theater setting of performing these uh these new classical songs at the time it was a very new style to to see egyptian music in this setting and a lot of the composers of that time started really to mix a lot of the western elements of orchestras and um different kinds of musical influences in with the oriental to create this new musical style that's super interesting so something i hear a lot from older dancers when i when i speak to them about tarab about this style of dance or this heightened emotional state is that they they feel that a lot of dancers have a lot of misconceptions around the term tarab and you explained it here that it kind of has the two meanings do you think that's where a lot of that misconception comes from uh yes <laughs> definitely because i've seen people dance to modern songs and say this is tarab and it's it's confusing because it has these two specific meanings within the Middle East. Um, a lot of confusion can also come from uh, some teachers being very, very specific about how they think you should dance to, to Tarab music. And I think in general, it's very hard to put extremely strict rules on the dance because there will always be variation, even within, let's say, Egypt. Even if you look in Egypt in the golden era, you will still see a huge amount of variation from one dancer to the next in how they interpret the music and how they execute their steps. But there is a base movement vocabulary and there is a base musicality that is used. And I think that is probably where people get these really specific opinions of this is right and, and this is wrong. Because in the dance scene currently, I do see some issues and it's movement wise and it's also musicality wise, probably more musicality wise. Because uh, Tarab music is probably the most complex music that we use when we dance. We're working with a huge amount of different elements. Um, and the modern way that this music is recorded, if it's recorded for dancers, it's very heavy on accents and percussion. So for me personally, I would say the biggest mistake that I see is people purely focusing on the accents that the tabla is making, which doesn't really have a lot to do with the rest of the composition. And the original compositions were not like that. Uh, so the most important thing we have to start with when we look at this music is understanding all of the different parts that are coming into play and making sure that we are authentically expressing the movement, uh, or I should say, the music through our bodies and our movements. Um, and I see that that can be another issue too, is that um, people do a choreography of someone else or do certain movements at certain parts because they've seen a famous teacher do it. But at the end of the day, to very 
authentically express this music, which is very emotional, it has to come from you and your understanding and unique connection with the music that you're listening to. If that makes sense. Yeah, it's <laughs> like my, at least <laughs> you learn the, like learn from the teachers, but then express it in your own way. You know, take that musicality and put it on your body. How does your yeah. body make that music happen? Exactly, because Tara, you have to be able to have that emotional state inside of yourself and that connection with music. Um, and it's not a performative thing. You really have to feel it and be getting that feeling from the music. So if you're just focusing on hitting accents or trying to copy someone else's movements, it's not, it's just not going to be the same. You're not going to achieve the experience of Tarab. <laughs> you might be dancing to a Tarab song, but not experiencing Tarab. Yes, exactly. That's, I love, I love that you can use it in both ways in one sentence. <laughs> yeah. There. <laughs> that's, that's probably why it's confusing because it means these two things, you know what I mean? You created this course. What draws you to music as a dancer? Me? Yeah, you personally. I, I just love the music. Like one of my biggest loves in this dance is in particular the music. And I absolutely love Tarab music. I love classical music in general, and I love uh, Middle Eastern music. And this is kind of somewhere that they meet. Uh, I love Tarab music because it is so complex. Mm -hmm. um, I get, I, I like pop music and shabby, but I get bored dancing to it because it's very repetitive and it's very simple. And it, for me, as far as just dancing for enjoyment, I love this music because there are so many different elements inside the music that you can use to inspire your movements. And there's so much of a variety in with, even within one song, there can be eight, 10 different rhythms that change all the time. The macam can change, the lyrics and the feeling can change. It's just very inspirational for me because I feel a lot of freedom uh, and a lot of variety when I dance to this music. I mean, when there's a whole orchestra, there's so many levels going on. Yeah. At any time. So like you can really move in between things. Whereas like you said, with pop music, sometimes that's not necessarily the case. It's one note, <laughs> but that's part of why it's hard sometimes, because if you don't really, really know how to listen and dig into all of those complexities, it can be a little bit overwhelming. So you just grasp on for whatever part you can find. And recently that's been just like the accent. So for dancers who are looking to achieve some of that complexity, like to move between the music in that way. Do you have any advice on how to build that musicality, how to build the ears for listening to that, for that kind of complexity when you're, when you're thinking about a song to dance to? Well, it all has to start with uh, musical education and being able to pick up on the changes in the music and working up a association between your movements and different parts of the music 
And this isn't just rhythmically. Uh, this is something I think we missed a little bit when it comes to belly dance training, like the lyrical element of dance. Because when I dance to Tower of Music, there are these gorgeous melodies going on and the singer also. You have to learn how to connect your movement to the music in a much more lyrical way almost like your body is singing the notes that the instrument is playing, which is super unique from person to person, how they choose to interpret that, even if they're using the same movements. Switching between that and the rhythmic elements, making sure that your movements and steps are staying on time with the beat and matching up with the kind of rhythm that's going on. Uh, it's two totally different kinds of musicality that you have to mix together and I feel that it starts with a strong base in musical knowledge because there's a lot of unusual rhythms in these songs that dancers don't learn like rumba. <laughs> rumba is in almost every one of these old tarab songs and when I teach it like most dancers haven't learned this rhythm or how to dance to this rhythm before so of course when the song starts they're a little lost. Yeah, you just get lost super easily. Then what are some resources that you could maybe point us to to learn about these rhythms or ways that we can practice like a lyrical type of um, musicality when we're practicing at home? There's a lot of different teachers that specialize in it. Mercedes is a very lyrical dancer. Practicing with Taksim is a really, really good way to work up that aspect of your musicality. Because with so many kinds of music, we have a rhythm to fall back on, and that's usually what we do automatically. So as far as practice goes, like I said, practicing with Taksim is probably the best thing you can do because you start to connect, like I said, learn how to base your movements on the notes and the tones of the instrument rather than counting out your movements, which you cannot do when you're dancing lyrically. And Toxim is a good way to force yourself to do that because there is no rhythm you can rely on. And then starting to apply that mentality to a song with a melody. Try to base what you're doing on the melody and leave the rhythm alone, at least as you develop this skill and then later work on seeing how you can blend the two elements of dancing rhythmically and lyrically together, which is what a lot of the great Egyptian dancers do. And I think that that gives the dance a totally different look. It's the same moves, but the musicality can make it look so completely different. Even, even if it's the same dancer dancing to the same song twice, because there's different, yeah. different musicality even for them within each version of, of the dance. Yeah, and within each version of the, the song, because like I said, the classical way these songs were recorded is very different from the way that they're recorded for dancers now, because we add in so much percussion. So sometimes I like dancing to the really original songs for the original versions more because the percussion is so light and delicate and it gives you a totally different feeling inside the music to interpret with your body. Awesome. Sharzad, thank you so much. I feel like we got a really good overview of Tarab and I feel like we really 
you really gave some people some really good little practice nuggets there that they can take home and like work on when they're, when they're focusing on this type of music and achieving perhaps a little bit of the Tanab experience through it. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. And I'm so excited to have you on the bundle this year. Um, how can people find you on the internet if they want to follow you on social media or check out the rest of your classes? Well, I am pretty active on Instagram, Shahrazad Dancer Official, and on Facebook on my my fan page, Shahrazad Dancer. And um, I just started a new website, which I'm gonna. One of my classes from the website is, will be my contribution for the bundle. Um, it's shahrazadstudios.com, and it is a I'm working up a library of pre-recorded video classes and kind of working really hard to put together classes and education that are kind of all encompassing of musical background and education. I'm starting to sponsor some Egyptian Arabic classes on there as well as all of my regular dance stuff, technique and choreography. And the Tarab course that I'm adding or offering in the bundle is going to be an example of that. We're going to go into music, we're going to go into what Tarab is about and what artists are featured in this genre, as well as going through a choreography of my own and kind of looking at what parts of the music I'm basing each movement on. Awesome. Super exciting. And you also teach live classes, correct? Yes. So my live schedule is on there. I finally got my internet figured out in Egypt. Uh, so I'm doing live classes weekly from here and we're having coming up some some exciting live music live class workshop live. <laughs> That's awesome. Can't wait to check those out. Thank you so much for coming back to the bundle for your third year? Fourth year? Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> You've been with us a long time. It's awesome. Um, and we are so excited to have you every single year. You are an amazing dancer and an amazing teacher and we're just honored that you keep coming back. Thank you for having me back. <laughs>love that Shahrazad has cleared up some confusion I hear from a lot of dancers around the concept of Tarab, and I seriously can't wait to dive into her class. Shahrazad is an excellent teacher, so even if the bundle isn't on your wish list for this year, be sure to check her out. Her course is available as soon as you jump into the bundle, so go and grab your copy and start dancing with Shahrazad today. Listening far in the future and the bundle is over for this year? No problem. Head to thebellydancebundle.com slash 54 to get links to all of Shahrazad's hangouts on the internet. We'll link up her class page so you can check out this class as well as all of her other offerings. But if you are listening during bundle time, what are you waiting for?